Hi and welcome to the last Premier League podcast for this season. I'm Oscar and I'm joined as usual by my co-host. Hi, I'm Daniel. And yeah, so we're here. Final episode. And we have a lot to go through. But let's start as we usually do with the games we highlighted coming into this last period. So yeah, let's start at the 2nd of July where we had two games. The first of which was Sheffield United versus Tottenham. Now this was a fight see if Sheffield could get into the uh, Europe, uh, Europe League spots pretty much. And coming into it, I thought Tottenham was going to win 2-0. You thought they were going to win 1-0. In the end, we had a Sheffield United surprise win yeah. of 3-1. So this will be kind of the start of our big Sheffield United apology tour. Yeah. Yeah, e- even yeah, even at this stage, we still uh, thought they would be worse than they were. Although the Stewart defenders, they have been a little bit up and down since the restart. Yeah, they were much but better before. Yeah. Is that even possible? Yeah. But so I'm gonna defend <laughs> us a little bit there, but yeah, Sheffield United banging out of the park. Yeah, and I don't think Tottenham has uh, really came up to the standards. Uh, they, they have been up and down also after the break. Yeah, a little bit of that. That was actually their only loss since the restart. Oh yeah, they restarted in that way. Oh, now I remember that well. Yeah. And I so just, oh no. So they're actually Tottenham. Yeah, Sheffield. We're gonna go through this more in the depth later. But Sheffield is 13th in the pool table since the restart. Well, Tottenham can be found in fourth. So. Tottenham definitely did better since the restart, but yeah, I said we get more into that stuff later. But yeah, still impressive win for Sheffield. Now the other team, the other game, sorry, was the uh, title finale, although it's already over. Manchester City versus Liverpool. Now the first game Liverpool won, that's three to one at Anfield. I thought it's going to be a one-one draw. You thought it was going to two-one win to Liverpool. Yeah, and. It really ended in Manchester City kind of running out of the gates. And just demolished Liverpool. Yeah. 4 0. And. I, like, I guess Liverpool. Like, I'm hoping for their case that they was like, we already won the title and they played like 50% of what they can do because the way that City pretty much demolished them on the day is like. Wow. Yes, City was playing this match as it was still on about the title. Yeah, which is the right way to do it, to be fair. Because it's still a lot of prestige in this match. Yeah. Uh, Like we said before, like, yeah, it's bad enough to lose at Liverpool away. And, you know, it's not fun. But to really, if they would lost both games, that would have been way harder to swallow. Now, over two games, Manchester City actually won. If you look at, like, in Champions League rules, they actually won 5-3. to three. Yeah, so and there are not a lot of teams who can say that. Of Liverpool, so. uh, I don't know. Is there any other team who can say that, actually? I don't think. Well, there's been, because of Liverpool's bad running, there's been yeah. plenty of teams now that defeated them. Yeah, but I think, well, uh, uh, yeah. Those two matches. 
Yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked into that. Well, I don't think so. I think. Probably not. But, uh, yeah, now I wish I looked it up more. Yeah. Alright, moving to the 5th of July, we looked up Burnley Sheffield United, which was Sheffield United, I believe, was in 9th at the time, Burnley in 10th. A fight to keep in the top 10, which we thought would be a difficult for Sheffield. And yes, Sheffield then, as said a few days earlier, had won against Tottenham, so good form. Coming into this, I thought a 2-1 win to Burnley, you thought a 2-0 burn win to Burnley. Ended up in a 1-1 draw. Which, I don't think was bad for either of the teams, to be fair. No, but our trust, don't really didn't believe in Sheffield at all. No. Yeah, sorry, Sheffield. We should have really have. We're going to try to make better next season, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is bad. Yeah. Yeah, important one point for both these teams. Both of them managed to south top 10 at the end of the season. So, yeah, happy days. Moving on to two days later, we had a bottom clash between Watford and Norwich. And we see this as just a crucial game for Watford to win if they really were uh, wanting to stay in the Premier League. And I looked up it as a 2-0 win for Watford, same as it was in the first game they met. You actually went for a 1-1 draw. In the end, they finished 2-1 to Watford. They got the three points. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was wanting to Norwich already, but I think I'll save it for later. Yeah, and Watford, like, they n it was important that win then. It was yeah. really important. Yeah, we're going to come on to uh, another game very soon that didn't go as well. But before that, let's jump to the 12th of July, the London derby between Tottenham and Arsenal. The, the la first game was a 2-2 draw. Now, I believe coming into this, Tottenham would get a 3-1 win. You thought a 1-0 win. In the end, it was a 2-1. Yeah, at least we got the uh, correct winner. Yeah, we did. And, yeah, and, uh, another, like, good game for Tottenham. And, yeah, they, they must be happy because that means they, they won of Arsenal this season, which is the old rival. Yeah, they should be really happy about that. Yeah. But I can't wait. I must get on to the 15th of July. <laughs> July. Yeah. West Ham versus Watford. Oh, that match is a lot of... Yeah, this we saw, or at least I saw coming in, this would be a huge game. Because Watford Norwich, that was just a hurdle for Watford not to trip upon. West Ham, that's another team actually fighting for survival. Yeah, they were right around each other, if I'm not Yeah, weren't they really close on points by then? Yeah. Absolutely, when we wrote these games to look up on, they were really, I think there even was, maybe West Ham was one point ahead, but nothing more than that. And, yeah, 3-1 in the first game for West Ham. I thought still West Ham was going to do it, 2-1. You actually thought of 1-0 win for Watford. Yeah. Which, looking back now, 
that win if they won against West Ham would have saved them the contract. In the end, it became another 3-1 win to West Ham. After a game which their Watford's manager, Nigel Pearson, got fired for, for losing that very crucial game. Which, I think, yes, he lost a crucial game. That was a very bad thing to fire a manager with two games to go of the season. Yeah, just let him like play the season out or something. With two, yeah. two, ma two matches. Come on. What manager is going to make that big of a difference with two matches? If yeah, you get anyone. Absolutely, when it's Man City and Arsenal. Yeah, that. like good luck. Yeah, I mean, Nigel Pearson has potential, I think, because he, he knew that team. And yes, he hadn't fully been able to salvage what they wanted, but maybe he would have had a shot. Yeah. But I, ca I can say that looking at the whole season, Watford had some really nice runs. Yeah. But it's been clear, like, was it two seasons ago now? They finished. So well yeah, they were doing that uh, Miracle year. Yeah. And then season after, they almost went out, but managed to yeah. salvage. But we have another team that we're going to talk about later that have done the same Miracle run. Yeah. This season. Yeah. But yeah, let's move on instead to the last two games before we get into that. 26th of July, final game week. We looked at Chelsea Wolverhampton, a fight for pretty much Champions League versus Europa League. The first game had finished five to two for Chelsea. Yeah, that hockey number. Old trailer. <laughs> that, that's like ho like that's like a common hockey result. Yeah, pretty much. And looking into it, I thought a three-one win to Chelsea. You thought a two-two draw. In the end, it was a 2 0 win for Chelsea. Imp important points in, in fighting to overtake Leicester City. That was like coming into the break, fighting in third, feeling kind of good about it. And yeah, a hard fight to get as much points as they could. So important three points there, definitely. And then on to the final game that we looked upon. West Ham versus Aston Villa. Oh yeah, that was crucial. Yeah. Final game, the match between two that we thought or saw fighting for survival at the end of the season. Yeah, that match was uh, in a way like, remember that match, uh, uh, or uh, actually not, uh, like this match could have made the whole deal. If they were yeah. lucky. Coming into it, the first game has finished nil-nil. I thought a one-nil. You thought a nil-nil again, and it stood nil-nil, and it was until it was only ten minutes to go of the game, and then it's like the eighty-third, I think. Jack Grealish, Aston Villa's best player this season, uh, scored one-nil. But two minutes later, West Ham got back one-one. That was the finishing result. But in the end, that was enough for both those teams. Oh yeah, it like in one way, it felt like that kind of a match. Like both were happy with one uh, with the result, uh, as well. Yeah, I mean West Ham. Uh, they were already through. There was no way they're going to drop out. So for them, the match didn't really mean anything. 
I would say. For Aston Villa, this was a very important game. Because they were on the same points, I believe, as Watford. Uh, one step above, the, well, no, one step below them before this game. Yeah, they were. And Watford had a very tricky away trip to what to Arsenal in the last game. And just getting a point might be all that's required to get their their um, their Premier League. Yeah, because everyone was counting on Arsenal to win against Watford. Aston Villa managed to do it with a 1-1 draw. But talking about Arsenal Watford, there are some interesting games that we didn't see saw coming. And actually, let's start the game week before that with Arsenal versus Aston Villa. Let's actually start there. Because West Ham Watford was a massive turning point for Watford. They lost a very important game. That, in the end, would see them um, relegated. But an even bigger game, I would say, is the game that happened one, uh, one game week after. Aston Villa at home versus Arsenal. Aston Villa getting a 1-0 win. How? Yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody was shocked. Yeah. Like, it, it came out of nowhere. Uh, like, like everybody, but the, everybody was doing those maths, you know, like, oh yeah, who's going to be left in the Premier League? Like, Okay, they're, they're going to be crushed there. Maybe at some points there. This was a sure match lose. Yeah. And it was like, like okay, Arsenal, they're going to lose that. West Ham, they might be able to win. They may be able to salvage something. Watford had two hard games with City and Arsenal, you know. We, it was going to be a close one. But then Aston Villa goes and beats Arsenal. And all of a sudden, they're in the driver's seat. And so going into the last game, last round, as said, Aston Villa and Watford on the same points, but Aston Villa one better goal difference. So if Aston Villa drew, Watford would have to win against Arsenal. <laughs> and talking about that game, Watford Arsenal. First half, Arsenal go up to a 3 0 lead. But Watford made it interesting. I gotta give it to them. Yeah, I, I'm actually. I can't say that I'm sure because this is uh, like a, this didn't happen, so you never know. But put ten more minutes on that game. I don't think we would have this result. No, we probably wouldn't have seen the three-three. Because at least uh, because Watford was playing like their life depended on it. Yeah, which they were in a way. Yeah, but like <laughs> they, they were playing, wow. I saw that old Watford, you know, that uh, got that 10th place or wha what it was a few years ago. And like they, they were, they were, they were, well, they were like, well, they were playing better than ever for, yeah. a, few, for a short time. Yeah. And it's like, in the end, they lost the game. Sadly, even if they drew 3-3, it still wouldn't be enough. Yeah. They would finish one goal behind Aston Villa. But they, uh, they they did the right thing. Even they were three zero down. They did the right thing there. We are going to if we go go out of this, we're going to go down fighting. Yeah. We're not like just putting our shoes on the field because we're down three zero and take the loss. Yeah, they really fought for it. 
they really wanted to say it. In the end, it wasn't mm-hmm. enough. Maybe if they still had a Nigel Ferguson on the touchline, maybe they would never have gone three 0 down. Maybe they yeah. wouldn't have lost this game. Yeah, I was having those like, feelings. That's the thing, like I was so against them kicking him. Yeah. Maybe he actually could have got something out of this game. Yeah, I, I won't want to compare that to actually to a game. Maybe a lot of viewers haven't seen it because this is not in the Premier League, but the, the game in Berlin between Germany and Sweden. Sweden were be uh, had the living something beat out of them in the first half. Was it four zero to Germany? Yeah, this uh, was a few years ago, but yes. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's Every, game, everybody yeah. was just okay. Let's turn off the TV. Almost like oh my god, in Sweden, like okay, yeah. this is yeah, this is too much. But in some weird way, the match ended four four. And I mean that, that's in yeah. a way that's why if you take one thing away from that game, it's that if your opponent can score four goals in a half, so can you. Yeah. <laughs> like you have the exact same amount of time as they had to score the same amount of goals. You know. Yeah, and the the the, the big plus you have actually is the thing is uh, if you are the team going from uh, from uh, below is that the team that is leading or have started to relax and that's one of the hardest yeah. things to go uh, like ignite the engine again when you have started relaxing yeah and even if they don't relax even if it's feeling like oh we're up four to nil yeah. and then four to one four to two four to three that doubt start creeping in well the yeah. other team they're high on, on power yeah and we, you have we, problems th- you become even better and the leading team gets even worse yeah and because it's really hard to uh, relight that engine like uh, for the leading team to go uh, at the same like in the first half again uh, that's nearly impossible then you're screwed Jeez. that's why i'm saying like never like protect a lead <laughs> Wow, yeah, I had those vibes. Wo- uh, actually, w- uh, seeing Watford there in the second half against Arsenal, just wow, this can end in in like in an interesting way. So, uh, like, this could go the way, at least to uh, even. And by the way, I just realized I call him Nigel Ferguson. His name is, name is actually Pierce. Oh, yeah. I said wrong before. Uh, but yeah, we we want to talk about one last game as well that happened on that final final weekend. Because even though it didn't look like it, coming into the final weekend, Bournemouth was three points behind both Watford and Aston Villa. So in the end, if if you played with ifs, wh- like what ifs, Aston Villa lose to West Ham, Watford lose to Arsenal and Bournemouth win against Everton, it would have been Bournemouth that went up. Yeah. And or that is a really team. possible result. Yeah. That is a, like and a, I would play on that result almost, in th- it's that good. I would actually bet on it. Yeah. And yeah, they had Everton away, but they managed to get a 3-1 win. So they did all they could in the final game. Uh, it just wasn't enough. They, they went down, 
it went down at 18 to Watford in 19, so they did pass Watford in the end. That's another thing. That's another team that really went out of these fighting. Yeah. They, they gave it all. Yeah, and even like Bournemouth, like if you go through the games a little beforehand, yeah, they lost two nil to Southampton at home. They lost to Man City away, two to one. Before that, they actually managed to win four to one to Leicester. So they were trying to stay in. In the end, it wasn't mm. enough, and yeah, they're going to be fighting now in the Championship next season. But yeah, amazing, amazing try. They really tried it all. Yeah, I, I love seeing that. That team does that. They they actually go out fighting. It's more fun that way. Yeah, instead of like <laughs> giving up, like oh no. Yeah, you almost see that in the players' eyes that like the spark has left them. Yeah, I think it's more fun for us as a player to really feel like we have a chance, and then go out and actually do what you needed to do yeah. to go out, grab that win, grab that point, whatever you required, and actually feel I did everything I did. Yeah. If that it, in this case it wasn't enough, but it's still you feel like yeah. we did all we could. Yeah, I I try to do that. When it's something I even do it when it is almost statistically, statistically impossible, because there is still a possibility, even even if it's a long long shot. Yeah, it can still happen. And if what if that other result helps you and you didn't give it all, and you lose because of that? Yeah. Wow, you're going to regret that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you think it's over. Or Aston Villa thought it was over because oh we have Arsenal, and they don't play their full and they get a yeah. loss there. That would have been enough to not even go up. Yeah, what if they like put the B team because they, they don't want to, uh, what we uh, like uh, risk an injury or something. Yeah, that has happened uh, historically. That teams do that. Yeah, because and they don't think yeah. they have a chance. Yeah, and maybe then the g last game perhaps maybe that turns out a little bit differently because now they don't have to fight for a draw which they need now they need to fight for a win yeah. and maybe that's another Aston Villa coming out then with with maybe higher tempo than they had I don't know it's yeah. like it, it's all just what ifs and but damn that would have been interesting yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, there would be even more teams like uh, fighting for the uh, down there Yeah, we got the table we got. Yeah, we have Norwich, Bournemouth, and Watford leaving us. But yeah, yeah, like uh, I, I would, I would actually call what was it, Pookie, the greatest magician ever. After uh, like he after, he managed to fully disappear. Yeah, he he has done the best disappearance act ever. Yeah, he started really well. Yeah, even if you count his like form after uh, when he got a little little, little bit down there, he was still way better than uh, in the end. Yeah, I like mean, you can't even see a spark now. No, in the last nine games, like we're gonna get. Uh, well, I can say this already. In the last nine games, North scored one goal, and it wasn't Puki who scored it. There was actually a guy that before that before that goal had scored zero goals this season. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it's yeah. 
like everything here is perfect. Okay, we already touched upon the form table, so why not why not just jump over to it? And yeah, we already mentioned War Norwich, so let's start there. Because the last nine games since the restart, they have zero wins, zero draws, nine losses. One goal scored, scored by Emil Buendia, his first goal of the first goal of the season, as we already mentioned, and 23 goals conceded, the most since the restart. Yeah, it never was a doubt that they would go out, was it? No, that, that's really bad. And I actually, sh I noticed this now. I just checked the total standings. They let in 23 goals, uh, or uh, like now, that's 75 over the whole season. Yeah. yeah They've been really bad now. Yeah. And, and like goal difference, look at that. 22 nine games, 49 the whole season. Yeah. That is they completely fell apart. Well, in a way, like they had a really, really good run at the start of the year when Puka was firing and where teams didn't quite know how to deal with them yet. But then things started figuring out. Puki went quiet, Buendia went quiet, Cantwell went quiet, and yeah, when that happened, it's pretty much like season over already in a way. Uh, everything went quiet. Yeah, because if my memory serves me, this is this might be wrong, but I believe Pookie was in the first five games he scored six goals. It Nine. was something like that. I know that he in the first games he scored more than he played games. Yeah. After that, for the for the next thirty three games. Five goals more. That's just, and he didn't score. Uh, as we already mentioned, he didn't score a single goal after the restart. So yeah, least goals scored, most goals conceded over the entire season. Yeah, they yeah. did. They did go down. Yeah. But looking at the team that was second lowest form, why not just uh, continue there? We actually have Crystal Palace. Which was a surprise going into this, because if you look on their eighth last game, we have nine here, but if you look at the eighth last game, they didn't win a single one and they only scored three goals. They won their first game after the restart. Since then, they had one draw and seven losses. So they also had a really bad ending to the season. It was just lucky that they had a they had quite a lead ahead of the bottom, so they were never really in danger. Yeah, and it, that it was this short of a run to the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, they still finished nine points above the relegation zone. So they were never really in a danger. But I, I don't think they liked what what happened during the end of the season. Yeah, that was not impressive. Oh, not at all. Let's just, yeah, let's actually talk about the top instead. Because... I thought that Manchester City was going to be the top of the form table since they've seen, they felt like they were really, really good. And they are. Ten games since they scored, they played one game extra against Arsenal. Ten games, 24 points, eight wins, two losses. 34 goals and four conceded. 
even if we take away the like the Arsenal game, it's impressive. Yeah, then it's seven wins, two draws, thirty-one goals, four conceded, twenty-one points. Like, yeah, yeah but they, they will still be number one on that. Yeah, big surprise though to me is Manchester United is second. Actually, the only team not to lose a single game during the run-in. The last nine games, six wins, three draws. Yeah, here we have another. Here we actually have a team that wants the, the season to be longer. Yeah, I mean they managed to grab third place in the end. And that was massive because they were three they were three points behind Chelsea. I don't even know how many points they were behind Leicester when they restarted. I haven't done the math and I don't feel like doing it right now. <laughs> but it, it like it was still kind of a p positive season for them, but it ended up being, I would think, a really good season. Yes, they are 15 points behind the, the Manchester rivals, but. Yeah, they, they, ha they have been uh, behind them them in the end constantly since uh, Ferguson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, that at least the starter looks a little bit better. Yeah. So, okay, interesting to see what they can do next season. Because it definitely feels like Solskjaer has definitely done something to them. Since, like, I, I would have to shout out uh, Bruno Fernandes. Oh, wow, what a difference. Yeah, because the last nine games, six goals, four assists. That puts him in uh, split fourth with goals, four goals, sorry, <laughs> and uh, shared second in assists. Uh, and he was the difference maker. Actually, I have I don't have the exact numbers, but I have seen some stats before and after Fernandez, and it's yeah. night and day. I mean, uh, with Fernandez joining, Pogba became better, Martial became better, Rashford became better, Greenwood became better. Like, he made the entire attacking part of that team just, it was, it was a new team after he joined. <laughs> so, yeah, I was really impressed by him. I'm actually surprised because uh, they have a kind of shaky goaltender. Surprisingly, yeah. But David De Gea. Yeah, but he has been behaving the last nine ma matches. Yeah, he finished split second. If you look on, on clean sheets ahead of goal scored, which is the easiest thing you can do, so that's why I do it uh, when, when putting together these lists. Only Edison was better with seven clean sheets. And, I mean, over the season, he was still, when, when seeing as Oh, sorry, uh, clean sheets and then goal scored, goal conceded. He was the fifth best goaltender in the league. If you just look on those things, so I think that's that's not the worst. But yeah, definitely he made some high-profile errors during the season. Yeah, and here, but uh, after the break, he was a completely. Uh, he was like a, uh, they would have a new goaltender that looked like the same guy. Well, he needs to he needs to act up because I believe that Dean Henderson, who's been the goalkeeper for Sheffield United this season, 
I've been able to sort of put the second gear on a two-year loan deal from Manchester United. So I believe that now Henderson will return to Man United. And since, I would say Dean Henderson has been a better goaltender for than De Gea in a worse team, De Gea has to watch out, otherwise he becomes the second second choice goaltender for Man United next season. Yeah, like good luck for other team to buy out Henderson. United won't allow it. If there's no yeah, clause I, I already. Th I think it's going to be very... I hope it is going to be incredibly uh, expensive because he's younger, quite quite a few years younger than David Hare. And I think David Hare is still a big name. I think if Man United chose to sell him, they can get a lot of money for him. Well, While Henderson, I think, is, I would say, equally as good a goaltender, and if not, he's definitely has the potential to become as good or even better than De Gea absolutely is right now. Yeah, but the question is there, is there a buy clause on the loan? I hope for United's sakes, no. I don't think there would be, because I think this was a loan like, we have a really good goaltender, but we really trust in you, we're going to load you out to get you some first team football in the championship, which Sheffield United was a championship club by the time Henderson went to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, d I don't think you know, you Man United ever thought that, oh, we, we, we're not going to keep this guy. I really think they, they trusted him and believed him to become a really good goaltender, which he now has become. So. But yeah, Sheffield United, we already mentioned since Dean Henderson, they had a shaky end to the season. We're obsessed with them being in 13 position with only three wins, two draws, and five losses since we've done. But even though this, Henderson, still three clean sheets. In the, pretty much in those three wins, they have a clean sheet, which is good. So, but yeah, not the end. I, I think they would, uh, they would hope for. No, I think Henderson is a surprise up there. Yeah, I did not see it. I think that, because... I mean, if you look on goals scored, goals conceded, we mentioned that Norwich is at the bottom of both of them. If you look goals scored, Sheffield is even with Brighton in 15th position with 39 goals. But if you look on conceded, they're fourth. Only three teams have conceded less goals the entire season. That's Liverpool and the two Manchester clubs. That's a really good defense. Yeah. And I think one of the major things for that is Dean Henderson. And I think I would often I would almost say like we were very wrong with with Sheffield when we thought when we thought where they would be and we're gonna get into that later and just see how bad we were with the we did a season prediction as you might have remembered. So I would say him and the it was a very good defense in front of them too, but I would say he was probably one of the main reasons why they did so well this season. Because he was a rock. Yes, this is according to Transfermarkt, the website. His loan has ended in Sheffield United. Yeah. And he transferred to Manchester United U23, but then he got moved to Manchester United yeah. from, from the U team. But yeah. th th that m those moves, you can go up and down a lot. 
that means he's literally a first-team go first goalkeeper. If he's the starting goalkeeper, we don't know, but he's definitely part of... <laughs> yeah. Hmm. He's now fighting with the hair for places. <laughs> uh. Interesting preseason. If uh, Actually, will the teams have preseason? I don't know. Uh, nobody knows. Yeah. But I guess that's, that's, that's a problem for a later day. Yeah. But, yeah. We'll go back to the form table. Uh, another team I want to mention is Southampton. Oh yeah, they have been impressive. Yeah. They are, we mentioned the Man United, the only team to not lose a single time. Well, Southampton has only lost once since the restart. They have scored 16 goals and conceded 8, putting them actually third in the form table since the restart. Same points as Tottenham, but with better uh, goal difference. And the main contributor to that, I would say, is Ings. Yeah, six goals for him. Yeah. Which is really good. I mean, as we look at the top scorer list for this entire season, we have Vardy, selected ending on 23 goals, even though he had a bad ending to the season. We have Aubameyang in second, with 22, split with Ings, and we have Sterling fourth on 20. But if you actually remove goals scored on penalties, it's actually a different picture because then Danny Ings is actually the best goal scorer this season with 21. While both Vardy and Aubameyang have dropped down to 20 to join Sterling's there. So, if you look at that, Ings actually was the best goal scorer outside of penalty taking. So. Yeah, and the funny thing is that Vardy was pretty confident in winning you could see that on the top score uh, golden boot in uh, before the last match he wasn't so sure anymore when he saw the two other guys behind him starting to score yeah like over my young and everything like you could notice that he knew that those guys were one goal behind yeah i mean yeah obamiang scored two final games to really make it a sweaty thing uh, wow, you could you could really notice that oh, yeah. uh, Wardy somehow got that information. Yeah, Ings didn't score, but he did score two in his last three. So, I mean, he he still did put pressure on Wardy, which yeah, he didn't score a single goal in the last three games. So, yeah, with three game for three games to go, he would have been. Well, three goals clear of anyone else. And, yeah, he ended up with one. Yeah, this one ended up way closer than he wanted it. Yeah, definitely. Right, one last team I want to talk about. Let's talk about form table. Then we can talk about, if you want to talk about something about the real table. But we talked about the positive surprises. Let's talk about the most negative surprise. In 16 players of the form table, we find Leicester. Oh, yeah, that was a disaster. Yeah. Two wins in the last nine games. Uh, and they have. Four losses. Like, and they still ha got have the guy that got the golden boot. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where they were. No. Like, they scored nine goals in nine games. But there are teams out there that scored fewer, 
but there's not many. And they can feed you 13. Like, if it wouldn't be like how bad they were after the break, they would have come a lot uh, a lot higher in the table. Yeah, they look bolted on for third. Like I thought early in the season that okay, first is locked for Liverpool, second is locked for City, and third is locked for Leicester. It's going to be a fight between Chelsea and Man United who's going to be fourth, or maybe Tottenham back then I think as well. But in the end, yeah, Leicester just fell apart. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know what uh, happened. No big, idea. Big injuries. Like, but yeah, I'm not impressed. No, I mean, like, the, it was a disaster. Yeah. Of course, we still finished fifth. It's still Europa League football, which isn't bad for a team of, of Leicester's size, but they could have got a Champions League spot. Yeah. That would have been so good for that club. Yeah. I think so. That's a lot more money to do something good with. And they need that money if they don't continue fighting. Indeed. Oh yeah, yeah. we mentioned the yeah, top school season. Yeah. Why not mention uh, top assistant guys as well? Oh wow, that was a hard fight, almost. <laughs> yeah, no, it never was a hard fight. Like Kevin De Bruyne was on more assist than the guy who came second. In the beginning of the season, he was on that amount. Yeah, true. Alexander Arnold finished in second on 13 assists. Uh, Andy Robertson with 12, also Liverpool. And Salah, third, also Liverpool. Although David Silva and Harry Union Strong for Tottenham also had the same amount, which was 10. Kevin De Bruyne had 20. Uh. Equaling Thierry Henry's record for most assists in a season. Well, he won that with style. Yeah. It wasn't even a fight. No, he. Yeah, as I said, he probably was up at like 13 assists, and I don't even think he picked took his 10 games. Oh. It, was it was ridiculous, like, actually, in the beginning. Yeah. And for a while there, it looked like Emilio Bundia for Norwich was the only one who was trying to keep up with him. And it didn't happen. When they have finished split 11th on 7 assists. Almost only a third of De Bruyne's total. Yeah. yeah. Okay, he was outstanding. Yeah. And the thing is, he actually had a bad period for a while. Yeah. That was the fun. Uh, that this th that's the funny part here. Yeah. He actually was staying on the same number for a long time. They were starting to creep up on him. Yeah, then he was okay. I can't. I can't do this anymore. I need. Yeah. I need to get out in front of Yeah. Yeah. Just a class of his own. One of the best midfielders in the world, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. I have to say, if we go on stats more, I'm actually surprised by Ederson winning the clean sheet. Yeah. Because it didn't look like that. Uh, going into the to the break. No. Like, 
it looks like Edison, uh, Allison, sorry, was gonna clean it up just as uh, Liverpool was doing so well. But Allison, in the last nine games, had three clean sheets. But I believe in the la in his last five, he didn't keep a single clean sheet. Last five, he didn't clean, uh, keep a single clean sheet. So, yeah, I mean, well done. He is one of the best first goalkeepers in the world, and he, he deserves to win it because he's placing a good team, and he, he deserves to place it. So. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I was uh, like, when I looked at City, okay, they will get one thing, they will get that six. There's no question. They have yeah. failed taking the league. They failed the cups. We don't know about Champions League yet, yeah. but like I didn't see that clean sheet coming at all. And yeah, Allison, looking at clean sheets again, he finished third in the end, and we haven't mentioned at all the guy who finished second. Oh, yeah, oh. Nick Pope yeah. of Burnley. I think another team where they got helped massively by their goaltenders, because just like Sheffield United had Henderson to keep them in the fight way more. I think Nick Pope did a similar thing to Burnley. Although Burnley let in 50 goals instead of Sheffield United's 39, which Henderson didn't stand for six of them since that was two games against Man United when he wouldn't he, he couldn't play since he was on loan from United. But, yeah. Another loan from them that, that is doing well. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're all United. They're like another lone player like this. Doing really well. Oh, no, I, I, yeah, the wrong yeah, guy. Am I misunderstanding you right now? No, the wrong guy there. I was uh, thinking about the other guy. Alright, yeah. 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 But yeah, I think also has a b really bright future in front of him. Yeah. And I mean, Chelsea have been looking, it feels like they have, they have um, Arisa Balaga, which they bought, was it last season? Or in coming into this season maybe? No, they wouldn't because they were the transfer. I don't know when they bought him, but they bought him a while back. Yeah, <laughs> and they're not satisfied. No, it doesn't feel like it. And then they've used uh, Willy Caballero, which has been quite, uh, quite good for them, but it's been rumors that they're looking to get a new goaltender in. For a long time, the number one of that list was Nick Pope, and I can understand that because even though last time I checked, Gordon Pickford is still n England's number one. Surely this season they've got to put Nick Pope as the number one ahead of Henderson, if nothing else, and then maybe Pickford can get us a third goal. Uh, Pickford uh, third can't be number one. Yeah. Come on, like, like he, he deserves. Yeah, they, they actually, or at least they need to give Pope and Henderson chances to b prove that they're that good. Yes. Like, it if they just go for Pickford without any questions asked, I don't know what the, the coach of the England team is doing. Yeah, that's a stupid question. Because yeah. <laughs> I would say out of the three teams, Everton is the best team. I would say they're better than Burley, they are better than Sheffield United. Um, of course, looking at the 
table that's very wrong because both Burnley and Sheffield United finish above Everton. But <laughs> on paper, we, they have if, you, if we re just remove the goaltender out of the equation, I would say the team itself, I would say Everton has the better team. Oh yeah, on and paper they should have the better team. Yeah, and yeah, as I already mentioned, they're still finishing below both Burnley and Sheffield United. And that I think is much because of their ridiculous contract. Yeah, even if I wa want to give uh, Sheffield United a big praise, uh, the defense a big praise, the goalie can't do it alone. But still, look at those numbers. Yeah. Like concealed goals in that team. Like, look on those numbers. They they have done something right. <laughs> Definitely. Because if you look at the other two teams, like Burnley and Everton, there, if you look on the other goalies, they're not even close. Henderson, 33 goals conceded. Nick Pope, in two more games played, 50. And and Pickford, also two more, two games more than Henderson. The same as Pope, 52. Yeah, the funny thing is that the so-called current first choice is, is going to be beat by two guys there. Yeah. And that's actually a funny thing as well, that... Uh, Everton has actually scored more goals than Burnley, but it was just <laughs> in the matter they they scored them apparently wasn't enough. Oh. But actually, uh, no. All right. But yeah, we actually actually I need to go back to the form table over here before we start moving to the end here because we mentioned Fernandez in goal, his goal. But we never mentioned actually the top two, which I think is definitely worth mentioning. Oh yeah. We both have Raheem Sterling scored nine goals in ten games after the restart. And he, he's a known goal scorer. But still, to be able to do that, really, really good. I mean, that, that got him from 11 to 20 goals. That <laughs> was so, <laughs> quite a bit of help. I would say the second is more even more important, or more impressive, absolutely. Talk about stepping up when the team needs you. They needed to get the points, they needed to get goals, and here we have Michael Antonio just... Oh, wow, what a work it is. ...braying it in. Yeah. Like, you could actually count uh, count this, but I think he's a big reason why West Ham is still in the Premier League. Yeah. And to make it even better, Antonio, the entire season before this, has scored two goals. Wow. When was the last time he scored eight? When they needed someone to step up, he did. Yeah. Like, massive kudos to him, because, yeah, as you said, Probably thanks to him that they're still in the Premier League. Yeah, that goal, uh, that, uh, or what did I say, that void uh, Arnatovic left behind, wow. Yeah. That was probably Jurgen Arnatovic, but yeah, amazing done. Yeah, but, but like still, I still there. Like, uh, I think that that void, like, uh, they could count on that guy. Yeah. And actually, that, that those eight goals in nine games were more than any other West Ham player had scored all season. 
the closest is Sebastian Allaire, which scored seven goals in her season. <laughs> so, yeah, new captain maybe, Mikel Antonio. Yeah. He's carrying the team. Definitely, absolutely is doing the finishing game. All right, we're starting to close down the podcast for this time. But before we do, we did a prediction right at the start of the season where we thought everyone would finish. So it's time to go through the major hits and see just how bad we were. And let's start with top six. Now my top six was Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea and Manchester United. In that order. Yeah, and I had a top six consisting of Manchester City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Man United, Arsenal and Chelsea. you were better at the correct positions in the top six I believe doing a quick count over but yeah. we had the same team we had the same team but still they were supposed to be the top six so even though I like I didn't trust if there was actually a top six I was still putting the top six in the top six you know yeah. um, and well it didn't all pan out that I had Arsenal fourth place is worst, or better than I than they actually ended. I saw fourth, they ended eighth. You had Arsenal fifth, so you gained one position on me there. We have the top three exactly the same, so. Yeah, but that didn't pan out at all. No. <laughs> no, it did not. Now the bottom three, I thought if you type from the bottom, I would see Brighton just running in twentieth. Burnley 19th and, and Sheffield United 18th. Wow. <laughs> well, we already talked about two of these teams very thoroughly because they had two goaltenders that just shocked absolutely me this season, Pope and Henderson. Yeah. <laughs> and they did not finish in 18th and 19th. No, but my s- uh, last choice, like the last place is worse. In my opinion, I had Sheffield United last, second to last, Southampton, then Norwich. Yeah, our worst guess: Southampton, Sheffield United, eleven places off. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Not good. Oh. <laughs> and Southampton, yeah, eight places off. But actually, I didn't have a single of the relegated teams correct. You actually ha- at least had one. Yeah. You th- you thought Norwich was going to go out? Why consolation prize? Now you mentioned your your highest. We had one zero spot on, and it was me putting Crystal Palace in 14th. That's that's good, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but Having one one big mistake we both did, this except the Sheffield United thing, was putting Watford so high. Yeah, I put him in 11, you in 10. Oh my god. So I was eight spots off, you were nine. <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't good. Yeah. Another team that we also massively overestimated was Bournemouth. Yeah. So I put them in thirteenth, you in twelfth. That's five and six positions wrong. Yeah, yeah, but you were a stronger believer in West Ham than me. I was. A little bit too much. I put them in tenth. So I got six places wrong, you only got them one wrong. Yeah, at least I was close, yeah. 
Now comes a funny thing. We both have a four on Newcastle. Yeah. We both thought that we finished 17. Struggling for people's sake. But they didn't. They finished 13. Quite a ways away and were quite good. Way better than I thought they'd be. So that's good for them. And one thing we both were close on was Wolverhampton. Yeah. We both thought eight. They finished seventh. So, I, I didn't think they would be able to redo what they did. I thought Leicester was going to beat them, which they did. But I didn't think Leicester would break into the top six, which they did. So, yeah. Well, you thought Everton was going to be a have a, ahead of Wolverhampton. That oh, was yeah. one of your big losses. And there was Dubai yeah, and Clayton. What a failure. Yeah. <laughs> you also thought Leicester was going to finish ninth, which was a... A big one. Although I thought Norwich was going to finish 16, so I was equally wrong there. Yeah. And no, we both believed in Tottenham yeah. as third place. Yeah. Yeah, I really thought that. I think we even said that Man City Liverpool was going to fight for first, Tottenham in the League of Their Own in third, and then a hard fight for four, five, six. Well, no. No. <laughs> um. Tottenham was. At one time, if I'm not incorrect, worst in London. Oh yes, they were. Worse than West Ham, worse than Crystal Palace, worse than Arsenal and Chelsea. If you look at that, what a, what, what a recovery. Yeah, they finished, I was supposed to say best in London. They did not, Chelsea beat them. Yeah, yeah. for a while there, they were best in London, I think. I think they were ahead of Chelsea at some point. But they, were wor they have been both worst in London and best in London the same season. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of London teams. Yeah. Well, it is a big city. Yeah. Uh, Aston Villa also was a really interesting choice of us. Yeah. Actually, we were quite good on that. You were once place off, I was two places off. Places. Places. Yeah. But yeah. we that really need to start believing in Sheffield United. We, we would. Yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> yeah. But here comes my worry. I mentioned this to you before. I'm worried that they do a Watford. Mm. Like one good season, then they just crumble to pieces. Yeah, Watford finished eighth, and then fighting for survival last season, survived. Fighting for survival this season, didn't. Mm. So it's that. Yeah, and if they lose Dean Henderson, I don't know. Like. They have brought in Simon Moore, I believe his name is, the backup goaltender. But he's he's been in goal two games this season. He's conceded six goals. Yeah, I don't think it's an if. He has already left the team. Yeah, I mean, if they somehow can get him back on loan, I don't know. But yeah. why would Manchester United loan him out? I don't think they would. No, because like uh, I think in United's case that De Gea should be worried. Yeah. As I said... I, I almost think that um, United should try to cash in on De Gea and, and give uh, Henderson the, the, um, the place and time to become the first goal. Yeah. Because De Gea is really good when he can show his standards. But at some time, some, uh, like at times he's really shaky. Yeah. He can be so damn bad at times. That is ridiculous. He's so uneven. 
And I think the hair is better when they're both at their top. Oh, but yeah, Henderson is not that bad when they're at the bottom. Yeah. Right now, I would say Henderson and the hair is around the same level. Yeah, but like I think Henderson has a better lower level. This season, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. To round off, t all together, you had seventy places off on every all the teams. I had seventy-two. And if so it's and if we have and if we have someone out there that is actually listening to more than this podcast, this is the first time I ever take a prediction series. Yeah, I have one like a we uh, weekly uh, predictions or something, monthly or something, but not a series. Yeah, I don't and even want to talk about the Champions League results. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every time we talk about games, upcoming games, we we keep a track. We we do take uh, what we think, and often I end up winning in those. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why, but in the one that actually matters, the whole entire season, you proved to be the better one. So. Yeah. One win each, in that case. Yeah. <laughs> in that way. Yeah. Like, uh, but this is a uh, this is kind of a kamikaze uh, prediction, predicting yeah. a season like that. But it's definitely that we need to become better next season. Because yeah. in the 70s, both of us, that's not good. Look at it on the positive side. We can't get that much worse. Oh, yes, we can. Oh but no. hopefully, hopefully yeah. we won't. <laughs> exactly. Like the, the, the maths are on our side that we get better. Yeah. I mean, we could say that Liverpool will win the league next season, then we'll finish 17th. Like yeah. It could happen. I don't think it will, but no. it could happen. Yeah. Football is weird. <laughs> yeah, but uh, really, we we don't know when we will be back. We have no nope. idea because nope. they haven't released those dates yet. Not in my knowledge, at least. Me neither. I've checked earlier today. Maybe they're like uh, releasing rumors or something, but we go and confirm things when it comes to that. So we will be back time. before next season. Yeah. And we and will do another prediction. The next, time <laughs> the next time you will hear from us, we will be talking about all the transfers that have happened. Because I believe yeah. that is going to be the first video we do next season. Talking about all the transfers that have happened. Yeah. And yeah, do our prediction probably then as well. Yeah. We so will be back that's then. something to look forward to. Exactly. Let's hope it's soon. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that was it for for us for this season of the Premier League and we have been fun all the way recording it even if that break was long and painful and weird yeah, yeah. let's get th this you won't believe this coming from me but let's get to some normality here yeah. <laughs> we don't need more of that <laughs> but yeah we will be back before the next season let's like I said, I hope it's soon. And yeah, thank you for listening to us. Sh uh, check out the other podcasts if you want to. And yeah, that's it for this season. Bye. Bye.